Hey guys, exciting news from the block party. We're so bad at adventuring season three has just dropped. Go and check it out. If you haven't already listened to seasons one and two, start there. Here's a quick tease at season three. We hope you enjoy it. There's a monster right around that corner. We need to slay it in order to escape. Okay, here's the plan. Do monsters fear social situations? I'll run at it, ask it what its plans are for Friday, and it'll sulk off since, you know, it's not forward enough to reject me in my face. Um, that's a terrible idea. Thornwick, monsters hate dinner plans. That is a proven fact. Well, why don't you just take your spear and stab the thing? Because its back is turned to us as it guards the only exit. It would be rude to just stab it in the back. Bob, it's a terrible, horrible matter wolf. Ten times worse than a werewolf, but, well, you know, two notches below a were wolf. Just stab it before it sees us and devours us. Backstabbing will get me a bad reputation, Thornwick. Yeah, Bob, your, your reputation's clearly not an issue, and I'm pretty sure it's socially acceptable in a freaking dungeon miles below ground. Why are we even here? I thought we were going into a shop. You know, I did too, but we really shouldn't follow a sign into a deep, dark tunnel for hours upon hours before realizing that there's no shop. Wait, so you're telling me there isn't a shop? Exactly. We were tricked by a piece of wood with letters painted on it. Aw, oh, man, we are so bad at adventuring. Well, you know, reminds me, if, if you love a fantasy comedy about two regular guards in the army who just want to avoid all this adventuring crap, tune into We're So Bad at Adventuring, released weekly on iTunes or TerribleAdventurers.com. Wait! I got it! We'll throw rocks at it while making ourselves appear larger! Th- th- that only works on bears! Too late! I'm throwing rocks! Quick, bang a spoon on a pot to spook it! Oh! Check us out online before it's too late! Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the ego of all the people at the table. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac. And I'm DM Mitch. So, today... We're going to talk about DMs, which that makes sense because that's kind of what we do every time. But hey, specifically, but not just DMs, true DMs as players and whether or not they are the best or worst players or maybe both. We'll see (laughs) once we get into the discussion. (laughs) We've got some good stuff to talk about or bad stuff, I guess. (laughs) Who knows? Mm. But before that, we're going to do some iTunes reviews from the land down under. The first one comes from Brew Shack and it's entitled Just Love It five stars. These guys have an amazing understanding of the game from both a player and DM point of view. As a new female DM who finds it hard to get stuck in the community, having this amazing reference from people who simply love the game is an awesome way to gain advice and inspiration in an easy, informative, and humorous way. Thank you so much, Bruchek. We appreciate that review. Yes, thank you. The next one is from Jezzy JJ, and it is also five stars and entitled Brilliant! I'm just about to start DMing my own 5e campaign and this podcast has been immensely helpful for giving me ideas and tips for creating my own world and running a fun game in it. I feel a lot more confident that I can do an okay job of it now after listening to their tips. It's also really fun to listen to them riff on ideas. This is the only D&D podcast I have been able to listen to more than three episodes of. Well done guys. 
Well, thank you. And I'd love to check in and see. Does that how mean many he's listened to, to four? Yeah, episodes? I was going to say. Now we have like hundreds. Have you? Are you with us still? I miss you, Jesse JK. <laughs> thank you for listening to at least four of our episodes. Hey, before we head to the meet, I do want to just say that this is the week that we announce our winner for our DMB pop song contest. And the winner of that is going to get their very own book of Tales of the Yawning Portal. So tune in to the end of the show if you want to hear who won that contest and of course we're going to play those songs so but let's head to the meet i'm starving we ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days why can't we have some meats the flat meat back on the menu boys <laughs> All right, so for this segment of the meet, we are going to be talking about kind of not DMing today. We're going to be talking about playing, although this is still a discussion that we are focusing on the Dungeon Master. We are today talking about whether DMs, Dungeon Masters, you guys listening, whether us who are talking right now, do we make the best or do we make the worst players? So I guess with that question, like being asked, there's a lot to dissect with that. Neil, what are your initial thoughts? Like if somebody were to ask you that, I'm asking you that right now. DMs, are we the best or are we the worst players? What do you think? So gut reaction would be that I think it is easier for us to be the worst players. Nurses and doctors make the worst patients, so on and so forth. I think that the go-to without being mindful of the situation is that DMs would end up being the worst players at the table. Dun, dun, dun. I think that I agree. I agree in the sense that there are going to be very few people who are doing dungeon mastering on a consistent basis and also playing that are going to be in the middle. I think you're either going to be <laughs> one of your DM's best players or worst players by far. And I think, like you said, I think it really comes down to being mindful of how you play as a player who is also a dungeon master. And so I guess let's talk about the specifics. Let's talk about what are some of the things that can make you as a DM who is being a player for some other DM. Boy, this is real tongue twister here. (laughs) (laughs) What are some things that can make you as a player for another DM, either the best or the worst player i think so for the worst obviously a lot of this is going to be anecdotal and things like that and for me personally i know i can be the worst because i potentially the dungeon master has the best understanding of the mechanics of the game which that's the nature because you're the one running it you're essentially making sure all the back end is working correctly but with that comes the ability to make a character that is very effective and that's what i do honestly when i try and make a character i try and use everything to break it the game, the system, and everything Hmm. like that. I don't necessarily use those things that I've created at the table because, you know, and I don't want to be, I don't want to take all the limelight. And really, I just want to sit there and roll dice and kill monsters if I finally get the chance to be a player. But I know (laughs) my go-to when I create a character is to create the best character that I can to the point where I do a ton of research because I also feel that it helps me on the back end as a dungeon master knowing what my players could do. But like I said, then I essentially create a min-maxed and potentially broken character that I bring to the table. 
You know, I, I like that you said that a lot of this might be anecdotal because I think for me, the reason that I wanted to talk about this is that this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately uh, when I play in a D&D game. Am I being the best or the worst player? Am I being the kind of player that would drive me as a DM insane? <laughs> And I think I think I think you're right. Like, I think that like coming to the table with a good sense of the rules or at least having this mindset of this is how because I think this is the biggest problem is as a person who's a DM who plays, I come to the table often with this mindset of this is how I DM. And in my mind, sometimes I go and the way that I DM has a like I've thought about it a lot. I have a lot of reasons why I DM in that way. And so in my mind, whether I would explain it that way or not, like I think, and that's the correct way to DM. And that's not good as a player. I've come to realize to have that thought because you're going to constantly be sitting there going and thinking that's not the way I would have done it. And I think that's that's not a good thing because that's either going to get you frustrated or if you verbalize that, that would of course make the other dungeon master like frustrated because it's, it's not <laughs> your game. You're not the dungeon master right now. But I think that's, I think that's an important part of this is that we're not talking right now about our DMS, the best or the worst players, because we want to be preachy to you guys, the listeners out there. But I think this is something that, you know, we we're analyzing ourselves when we talk about this as well. And it's something for that we, want us all to be thinking about because the goal would be for the dms us to be the best players to be able to be helpful so i think part of that comes along with like that idea of like backseat dming which can be a an awful awful thing yeah and i know so for me the other thing is lately the only times that i have the opportunity to be at a player are at a convention level setting or in my home game when i let some of the players who are younger in my game have the opportunity to DM sometimes for the first time. So I think that helps with my mentality because one, if I'm at a convention, I don't want to be over the top and all these crazy things with people I don't necessarily know. And two, obviously, if I'm giving someone the opportunity to DM for the first time, I don't want to make it a bad experience for them. So what I also like as a player is that if you're not choosing to do backseat DMing, you're getting the opportunity to see how someone else does it. And that can kind of go back to what you were saying, Mitch, where you can learn two ways from that. One, this is awesome and I totally need to be doing this myself. Or two, I really didn't like that. I don't want that in my game and I'll remember that and not use it in my game. Yeah, it can be it can be a learning experience because you know what? I think that's a good point. You may sit in a game as a DM and you may sit there playing but also having this other group or maybe just this other time where you dm and you might experience something that another dungeon master does and you might sit there and think i would not have done that that way in fact i don't think that was the right choice i think that is a choice that hurts some players whatever it is and you know what here's the thing you might be right you might be right and so learn from that take that and go well now I know, like, maybe that wasn't something I really realized before, but that's something I want to make sure in my game that that's not something I'm going to do. I'm going to try and be better with that. But I think, yeah, the idea of sitting there as a player and undermining, because I think that's that's the big thing, undermining another DM and working against them and pointing out the flaws that they are, they are making, whether it really is flawed or not, at the table during the game is a really, is, is the, the easiest way 
way in my mind to become the worst player, the player that you may not even be wanted at the table because you're being so frustrating. I feel like we've been a little bit negative because I feel like, like I said, though, that's my gut is that we as dungeon masters can easily be the worst if we're not mindful of what's happening. Because this is the other thing that I think anytime I'm back there is that like I know all of the struggles that the person is to deal with as mm. the person on the other side of the screen. And, and part of me yeah. is just like, like this weight is lifted off my shoulders and I'm just having the best time in the world because if everything goes south, <laughs> I don't have to pick up the pieces. I don't have to do anything related to <laughs> any of it. But with that comes the respect from me that that's what they're doing and just willing to mm. be like just being really willing to go along for whatever ride they want to help facilitate because i'm just excited to see someone dm i'm just excited to be there with them and like just go along with their story integrate my background where they want do all these things and then of course on the flip side if i didn't want that i could also just be like okay so it kind of seems like we're doing this and this and just like unravel the whole thing at the very beginning even if i figure it out i'll keep it to myself because i'm like I could be wrong, but if I'm right, I might mess up everything that they've set up. <laughs> I don't want that to happen to me, so I won't do it to someone else. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I mean, the one I think you you're so right when you say like as as a DM, you want your players to have <laughs> have that respect of like you're putting together the game. You have a lot of responsibility on your shoulders. Like uh, a lot of the times, like the DM is the one who who has these things thrown at them. Is like, oh gosh, I gotta figure out something to improv now because I wasn't expecting yeah. that, and that can be a struggle. And so, as a DM, if we know this, we want to have that respect and be respectful to other DMs when they are sitting in that same seat and they are dealing with the same kind of struggles. But I think you're right too with the fact that, okay, so we've talked about it in a negative way, but what are some ways that as DMs who get to play that we can turn that into a positive thing and we can help our fellow DMs not be a hindrance, not be telling them what they're doing is wrong or even what they're like doing is right or, but like we can be helpful in knowing those struggles. Well, the first one for me is that it's unlikely that it will get to my turn and I don't know what to do or that I don't know what I want to do. Hmm. Just I know. I, I mean, I, I only have to control one guy. This is a walk in the park. Yeah. Like, it's not 10 monsters and then the thing that's happening next <laughs> next door and then I'm worried because they undid the trap and then I got to figure out, oh, no, they used a spell and bypassed everything. I'm just like, ah, I'm going to hit this guy. And I got my dice ready. And if something changes between the next couple turns, I'm still ready. But with that, I can also look to the player next to me or the players next to me and help them if they need help. Because for the most part, that's probably not going to step on the toes of the DM because, you know, I'm not trying to tell them how to do their thing. I understand that if I can help the other person get their turn ready, then the flow of the game in general is going to go better. And so then we can just keep working inside of what the DM wants to do, especially if it's a, just like a raw rules based question where it's like, oh, what's my modifier? How do I do this? And then I can just tell, you know, and just talk to the person. That way the DM can just keep running the monsters or the background or everything like that. I think, I think one thing that you can learn is when you're DMing, when you have moments of difficulty and you're like, man, I really, I wish that a, a player would step up and help me with this. Or man, it was really hard doing this and this at the same time. You can kind of take note of that in your head and go, oh, that's something that I could help with as a player. And like, who knows if you do something like that, maybe that'll be reciprocated your way 
later on when you're DMing. I, I cannot stand doing taking down the initiative when I'm DMing because I just feel like it's just another little thing that I have to take take on my plate. So when I play, uh, why not say, hey, I'll do that for you. I'll take down the initiative. I'll keep I'll keep like on it. I'll keep reminding people whose turn it is and everything like that. There's just little things that I think you can do. If a DM is not 100% sure of a rule, maybe they want to just make a call and just say, oh, it works this way. If you have your DMG you can, or your player's handbook, you can say, would you like me to look that up for you? Uh, I can do that. And coming to that, I think it's also important that, okay, you are a DM. You, you have your PHB, your monster manual, and your dungeon master's guide. But I would also say, don't just think that all those are something that you can open, like the monster manual when the DM is running a game. Don't just open up that monster manual and be like, oh, this monster does this. Certainly don't do that. That's that's not a helpful thing. <laughs> so going back a little bit to where you talked about initiative, as a DM who is a player, and then just as a DM in general, it's good to figure out the things that don't matter if your players know. I know there's a big thing of, you know, there's a screen for a reason, and it feels like everything we have as DMs should be secretive. That's just not necessarily the case, especially with initiative, because there's no real mechanic as to why someone would be moving around in initiative. Also, like, if they do, everyone still knows that that's what they did. So they can totally track that kind of thing. And there's a ton of different stuff. Like, I typically don't move any of the minis because if it's minis in a grid like it's just too far so why am i going to walk all the way around so the players do that <laughs> and just a lot of the stuff also like dungeon tiles i use those sometimes but i don't set them out like it, you know and just little things that take up time that you as the dm being a player could know that and try and help facilitate that and i think this is a great thing because if when you're playing the other people you're playing with are people who may be in your campaign when you're DMing. Then you can be setting a great example as a player of how to be helpful to a DM. And like, hopefully this is something that you can do to help another DM, but also might come back and help you in the end because you are giving an example to other players of little things that can just be so helpful. And even, you know what, even if it isn't that helpful, it is really nice as sitting in the DM's chair to hear from a player, oh, would you like me to help you with that? Like, that is just a nice thing. That That's so funny because, like, I, I, I realize this is something that we should probably have led with, but that right there. Whatever you want to do to be helpful, you need to ask if that is something that your DM as a player would find helpful because it could be a person that wants to attract the initiative for whatever reason and does not want that in the hands of the player, which is fine because everyone's DM style is different. So definitely preface with, would you like me to, rather than I'm going to. And if you get a no, then just accept it and say, okay, that's fine. I think one of the things here that is really important, because we, we started off talking about this, the idea of coming to the table as a player with still the mindset of, but I'm also a DM, so I know all the good paths and I know all the rules and I know all of this and you still must understand that I know these things. If we come to that table with that mindset, I think we're, we're really asking to be filed into the worst player section. I think we need to come to the table with a mindset of even when things bother us, 
having this ability to let things go. I know for me, like Neil, I, I find it funny because you brought up the fact that when you are a player, you come to the table and you're like, oh, I'm going to make a, a sweet character. I, maybe I get focused on certain things. And and when I come to the table, I think because when I DM, I certainly don't claim to know all the rules. I know that's not what you're claiming either, Neil, but I certainly don't claim to know all the rules and a lot of things like I'll homebrew rules and stuff. And so when I see another DM making a call that I feel is just like, oh, that's unnecessarily clunky. Oh, do we really need to worry about that sort of thing? Like that's when in my mind, I'm just like getting frustrated. Like that's not the way I would do it. Stop being so fixated on the rules. It's funny because I'm I'm the opposite. I'm like, I'm upset when people are fixated on that kind of thing. Uh, But I need to be able to let go and let other people DM and realize that it's okay. People can DM in their own way. I think there's something to be said too that, you know what? That doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that everything that another DM does is okay and is the right thing. And if it gets to that point where you're just not having fun, maybe it's time for you to stop playing in a certain campaign. But I think that's a whole nother story in itself. We're not saying that no DM ever makes mistakes, that nobody ever makes a mistake running the game. That's not what we're saying. There are things that you can get frustrated with, but there are definitely things that you need to learn to let go. And I know for me, definitely story is one of the things that I always let go when I'm a player. Again, I can't tell you how excited when I'm a player because of all the things that I get get to intentionally let go of. Yeah. But in terms of story, that's one that I'm really focused on letting happen with both the DM and the other players at the table because that's what I'm doing most often anyways is writing the story, facilitating the story, working in backgrounds, doing all that stuff. So to just be along for the ride of everyone else's story and the story that the other DM is trying to tell is just so much fun for me. But also being mindful that not to be so far removed that I'm not involved in the story, but definitely I never, I just, I really just want to roll dice and kill monsters. I want to bring that up again, (laughs) but you know I mean? I'm willing to be in the story, but not be the story. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good point. I think letting go can be something that is both helpful for the other DM and for you as a player, because if you're coming in with all that baggage and not able to just go, I'm a player now. Let me just enjoy it. Let me just enjoy the fact that all this is not on my shoulders. Like that's not only going to help the other DM, but that's also going to help you. That's that's a great, great point. Yeah, and that's that's another good thing that just dawned on me because you know, it's a very specific scenario whenever you are a DM being a player, but in the scenario that I've been in several times is that my players are now the DM and I am the DM who is a player at that table. You want to establish early that that's the place that you're at in that I'm not the DM. I'm a player. Mm-hmm. I understand that, you know, because it's not that this... Sp- Thing has happened to me but it's just again something i'm mindful of i don't want to be the go-to for questions or things or whatever yeah. i don't want them always you know whoever it may be to be oh there's a question let's look at neil what does he think I'm like no nah, yeah nah, yeah nah nah i feel like marshawn lynch i'm just here so i don't get fired <laughs> i'm just here to roll dice and kill monsters uh and really that you know like I want them to figure it out themselves because that's making them a better DM as well. Like, cause sure. Could I give an answer? Obviously we're doing a podcast where all we try and do is give answers to questions that people might have. And so like I, but I don't want to do that when I'm at the table because I don't want to be the go-to person and I don't want that to be the relationship established 
in the minds of the other players as well. Yeah, and if another player, if you share players, you and this other DM, if you share players and you ever have a moment where somebody like says something, another player says something to this DM in question, and it goes along the lines of, but that's not how we do it in the other campaign, referring to your campaign, the worst thing for you to do is to go, yeah, that's not how we do it in my (laughs) campaign. Like the best thing for you to do is to be like, yeah, but this isn't, my campaign this is this is dm whoever its campaign is like let's show him the respect that he deserves as he's like he gets to make that call we can discuss it but yeah the worst thing for you to do is be like yeah that's right (laughs) i do it right (laughs) (laughs) i think that there's this thing too with letting go that we need to be able to celebrate the differences of how people dm differently nobody's going to dm the same and that is a good thing like we said you know what there is this reality that can people do things wrong as a dm absolutely but that's not what we're talking about here i think we want to be able to celebrate the different ways that we dm than other people well yeah i mean and that's you know and going back to where you know and this is definitely a learning experience or at least has the potential to be a learning mm. experience. And I think that's the that's honestly one of the things that I enjoy most is to see how someone else DMs. Because like you said, as much as we've talked to you, the listener, about all the ideas that we have and all the topics and everything like that, I think I will say this, and I, I feel like I'm saying it for the network as a whole, like we understand that we don't know everything. And like that's why we want to start these conversations because we want to try and better understand this hobby, how to do it, and everything like that. And you get to ask more questions you would ever ask at your normal table because you're so busy figuring out how to run everything, interact with the players the way you want. And this is a way to sit back and watch someone else do it and ask questions both of like how are they doing it and of yourself to figure out if there's anything that you would want to change in your own style or like I said before, something that you're just like, nope, I'm definitely doing it this way in my game forevermore. I think kind of wrapping this up, I think one of the things that we'd say is really important to keep in mind as a DM who gets to have that opportunity to play in another DM's games is to always try to practice what you preach. If you are the kind of DM who like, okay, let's talk, let's talk about personal things, uh, Neil. So as a DM, one of the things that I've done over my years of DMing is I, I really try to emphasize story to my players. I try to get even those players who me and hashtag magic Mark had a long discussion about min maxing. I try to get even like those players who are having a munchkin-y min maxing kind of play style to say to them, guys, like story is amazing. You should really, really, really like one of the things you might want to try with your characters is really trying to key in on their story and the story of the entire group that we're playing with. And then even the story of the world. And let's, let's focus a lot on story. If I come to the table uh, as a player And that's something that I constantly, quote unquote, preach to my players. And then I sit down at the table and I don't give a rip about the other DM story. If all I care about is how many dice I roll, like I'm not I'm not practicing what I preach. Like I'm coming (laughs) off very hypocritical. So I really like that. Essentially, with that, anything that I would ask a player at the table to do. I want to be able to try and do it without being asked. Hmm. Like cell phone, electronics, just paying attention in general. Oh, good I mean, one. That's a big one. And you know, I just want to do that. You know, throw my cell phone away. I had the Galaxy Note 7, so they tried to make me throw it away. <laughs> so, 
yeah, not getting distracted by things, paying attention. And like I said, when it's my turn, I'm ready. And writing a backstory without being asked. Is it elaborate? No. Is it there? Yes. Just anything that I can think of that I would ask of my players, like I said, do that for do that before even being asked by your new DM. And just being willing to do whatever other things that they may ask. Oh, there's so much good there. I mean, like, yeah, like if you if you have a rule of no electronics at the table so that you can focus on playing together, then you sit down with another DM and you're pulling out your phone and you're catching whatever Pokemon are at the guy's house in Pokemon Go, which is important, but still (laughs) not what you should be doing. If that's what you tell your players, that's not something that you should be doing at the table as well. Everyone. Practice what you preach. There's a Charizard next door. I gotta go. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, practice what you preach. If you, if you are of the opinion that a player should act in a certain way, then you need to act in that certain way. You need to be that example. Nope. I think that's the I think that's the other biggest thing that you could do to be the best player is to be the example of the best player. Because you're in the scenario that I bring up often, I'm going to be a player in the group that I typically DM for. So you're going to have people that look to you as the person that typically runs the game. And now I just realized a hilarious scenario where that happened. And like I tried to make it go away. So we were at a convention and several of my players were in the game. And so then we're playing in this and it's just essentially like, well, who's going to be the group leader? And you know, and I'm calmly sitting there, ready to roll dice and kill monsters. And like three <laughs> people immediately just look over at me. Like, oh man! <laughs> All right, I guess it's me. And so, but you know, and I wouldn't want. I would. I would want to strive not to be that. You know, and just be the example of the best player I could be, and hopefully be the rising tide that raises all ships. That's a yeah. That's something that I wasn't even thinking about, but I think it in certain dms places that might be a really good thing for them to try as the dm we're we're constantly getting the opportunity to play in a game the dm doesn't really get a lot of sit out time uh, because they are constantly playing the npcs the monsters whatever it is and so maybe part of that is that that's what we love i know that's what i love and so you know speaking from experience like I can sit down as a ta- at a table as a player and I can easily be a spotlight hog, but that's not something I want to do. And so I think for me, I've, I've tried to play characters that are sidekicks rather than the leader. Like you say, Neil, <laughs> like I try to play characters, and, and you know what, you might have a group that wants you to be the leader. And so then go for it, but don't just assume that position and don't just take over because that it might just be too much of grabbing that spotlight. That's why you make super weird characters like, uh, the cleric yes. I rolled a dwarven cleric that I rolled up who had a charisma of three. So he was crazy. <laughs> that is not a leader. <laughs> and he prayed to the deity of Papa Smurf and he oh, fantastic. ran around and put glowing mushrooms on himself so he could be a torch. And you know what? Nobody looked to him for the, his opinion on things. And it was fantastic. And now I'm just sad because, Neil, we just we don't get enough opportunities to play D&D together. <laughs> we just talk about it a lot. True. <laughs> and I want to play with that dwarf, ah. whether I'm a DM or I'm a player. <laughs> 
Well, we hope that you've enjoyed this discussion on whether a DM is the best or the worst player. Uh, Hopefully, it'll help us all as DMs to strive to be the best, to strive to be the player that our our fellow DMs look at and are like, man, that guy, when he plays, is just so helpful. And then, hopefully, the greatest hope is that when you sit down to DM, your players can take a note out of that, a page out of that book and say... I'm going to do that as well. Now, Neil, we have come to the moment that everyone has been waiting for. Uh, We are going to announce the winner of our DMB pop song contest. So let's start with our classic drum roll. Dan Sugar! Well done, Dan Sugar. You have so good this dmb podcast contest and it's fantastic neil when we listen to this it's it's so chock full of goodness and great shout outs it's fantastic i don't think i moved like a single inch like when you sent me the audio (laughs) like i just sat there perfectly still listening the first time i've also sent it to the man that inspired this uh, this originally one JJ oh. Brim, Jimbro you suck still and <laughs> he thought that it was absolutely stunning and made his night week month probably so you now fantastic know that it is back to back to the original source of this uh, debacle I don't, there's no other word <laughs> that's great well I think we're talking way too much we need to just get to it here is the winning song from Dan Chilker. Shots are insane.
one. Thanks to Chris, Mark, and Caleb. Storytime is killing it. Legends from Machos steal the show like a bandit. Ridge Howard from the depths, deep sea adventures. Now we hit the deep, no fear with the trenchers. Chris is remembered but not gone. Riders of Shemesh hear the song. They're on a mission from gods. We don't pray for Karor, we just pray for Torque. Voyage on the unending sea. Sergeant's journal entries killing me. Madness going on in the deep. Then they got the lamp, they survived crazy. You're talking crazy, that's the price they paid. Alternate timeline, magic dead. Switch up my style of magic setting. Spirit charmer's just beginning. Look what you've done. I'm a well-rounded DM. Five stars number one. Thanks, Mitch, Neil, and Ian. Look what you've done. You're a well-rounded DM. You'll be number one. Thanks to Chris, Mark, and Caleb. And uh, don't forget about Phil. And that was it. That was fantastic. Oh, so it's good so still. good. Oh. Yeah. Now, Dan, you are getting a Tales of the Yawning Portal shipped directly to your door. Well done. You are the winner. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Oh. There is someone we should mention, too. Uh, the runner-up was Blake Ryan. He was very close as well to winning. He did yeah. amazing. Oh, so we tough. need to pay respect to his song, too. Oh, it was difficult. Uh, we need to pay respect to Blake's song, too. We will be playing that after the show so stick around and listen to that song definitely well now that we have all of that out of the way if you wanted to email us and tell us how awesome that contest was or another contest that we could potentially Ooh. do that would interest you you can do so by emailing us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com and if you liked what you heard and you potentially want us to say other hilarious things, you can always head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review, which we will read on air. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. And you can like our Facebook page. Both of those places will have updates about the show, D&D memes, and some awesome D&D goodness. We have a Patreon member of the week, and this week's Patreon member shout-out goes to... Zargo Games! Thank you so much, Zargo yes, Games. Zargo Games is a silver dragon so they have access to our bonus podcast they have access to our homebrew material that we have going up on our patreon they can watch our dm workshops every month thank you so much zarga we hope that you are enjoying all of that and as always the dungeon masters block is a proud member of a block party podcast network where you can check out all of our other amazing shows like the gm showcase geek wars we're so bad at adventuring and more. And that's it for this week's episode of the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the ego of all other people at the table. Good night and good luck. Keep on Dungeon Mastering.
Also, that's a great name for a clan of dwarves. <laughs> Brew Shack, baby, Brew Shack. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Now I'm going to put the Brew Shack dwarves in my campaign. Don't. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you are going to edit me to sing no, that. I, no, don't no. do that. We've had yeah. enough of that. I feel a lot more confident that I can do an okay job. <laughs> Sorry, that got me. I, I like that, that that was your standard. I feel like you're going to do a great job. We're making this we're making this a hard episode right off the bat to edit. Sorry. No, nope, it's perfect. Because now that we know someone else is doing it, the gloves are off. I, <laughs> oh, man. I feel a lot more confident. I can see his face turning red right now. <laughs> On a warm solstice evening, in a tavern in Dion Bay, I met up with D.A. Mitch, we were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of scrying, at the crystal ball of darkness, the effort overtook us, and he began to speak, he said, son, I've made a life, out of eating people's faces, knowing what the fate was, by the way, they screamed in pain. So if you don't mind me saying, I can see you're out of hit points for a dozen of your intel. I give you my advice. So I handed him my wizard, and he nibbled on his gizzard. Then he bummed an eye on stone and asked me for a light, and our rogue got deftly quiet. And his face lost all expression. He said, if you're gonna roll the dice, boy, you gotta learn to roll them right. You got to do the gymnastics. Join in the forums. Listen to the podcast. Dungeon Master's Black. You always take your notes. When you're listening to the podcast, there'll be time enough for rolling. When the players come. Every gamer knows that the secret to adventuring is knowing when to run away and knowing when to hide. Cause everyone's a winner and everyone's a loser. And the best that you can hope for is to turn it into shoot. And when he finished speaking, grab the hand of Vecna, snorted up his ironstone. I went to Astro Space, joke Moniac in the mind gym, sneak attacks with a nat 20. Ilford's final words I found advantage I could keep. You got to do the gymnastics. Join in the forums, listen to the podcast. Don't you always take your notes. When you're listening to the podcast, Every time enough for rolling, when the players come, you got to do the gymnastics. Join in the forums, listen to the podcast. Dungeon Masters Block, you always take your notes. When you're listening to the podcast, every time enough for rolling, when the players come, you got to do the gymnastics. Join in the forums, listen to the podcast, Dungeon Master's Blog, 
you want to take your notes when you're listening to the podcast every time enough for rolling when the players come goodbye